So how is everybody else? Anybody else start a new job this week? As Ashley said, my name is Patty, and I am honored to get to be here with you again tonight as part of the teaching team here. And if you were with us last week, you got to hear a little bit about my Aubrey, the gift of our daughter um, who is disabled. Life with Aubrey is all about the books. Um, unable to do much for herself, the girl loves a book. She's very hard on her books. Most of them are pretty torn up. But she especially is a fan of Dr. Seuss. Any Dr. Seuss fans? Oh, yeah. Good. We're, she's got friends here. I don't know if it's the rhythm and the rhyme or if it's the illustrations, but she loves her some Seuss. And a favorite is, oh, the places you go. And probably because of the places she takes me, this is a particular favorite. Whatever her reason, um, it's mine. It is classic. And so I hope you will indulge me with just a few lines, favorite lines, from Oh, the Places You Go. Congratulations, today is your day. You're off to great places. You're off far away. You'll look up and down streets, look them over with care. About some you will say, I don't choose to go there. With your head full of brains and your shoes full of feet, you're too smart to go down any not-so-good street. And you may not find any you'll want to go down. In that case, of course, you'll head straight out of the town. Oh, the places you'll go. Except when you don't, because sometimes you won't. I'm sorry to say, but sadly it's true that bang-ups and hang-ups can happen to you. Sometimes you'll escape. All that waiting and staying, you'll find the bright places where boom bands are playing. Oh, the places. Thank you. Aubrey's proud of you. I was reminded of this Seuss book, Studying Luke 2, and I was struck by the contrast. Mary says yes to being the mother of Jesus, and when she says yes, it was not going to be about the places she would go her head full of brains and her shoes full of feet, but it would be about the places Jesus would take her, the not-so-good streets she did not want to go down, but went anyway, refusing to head straight out of town. Mary's book would be, Oh, the Places Jesus Goes. Although Mary brought Jesus into the world, she didn't get to take Jesus to her world. No, he took her to the Father's world. She doesn't get to name him. She doesn't get to cast a vision for him. Jesus took Mary to the Father's world where God wanted her to go. And as we saw in Luke 2, this was uncomfortable places, undeniable pain, unimaginable possibilities. As Mary experiences the bang-ups and hang-ups because she didn't escape to the bright places, she saw the glory of God. The confirmation that her Jesus is the deliverer. The yes to every promise of salvation beginning in the Garden of Eden and all through the Old Testament. Just as Mary carried Jesus within her, as believers, my sisters, you and I carry the very Spirit of God. As we talked about last week, the incarnation continues. But sometimes we think this means that we get to take Jesus where we want to go, when we want to go, how we want to go. 
Or better yet, worse yet, we expect Jesus to bring the world to us. This is saying no to God. And this is risking missing the glory of God. In Luke 2's account of Jesus' birth and early life, we see Mary say yes to, oh, the places she goes, the unfolding of God's story. Mary brings Jesus into the world that Jesus might take her to the Father's world. That's what we're going to look at tonight. Mary brings Jesus into the world that, that he might take her to the Father's world. In every situation we see in Luke 2, she sees the glory of God. She sees the unfolding promise of salvation, beginning with the foundational familiar passage, Luke 2, 1 to 20. If you're able, excuse me, Luke 2, 1 to 20. If you're able, will you stand with me for reading this first section? In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. That was the first registration when Quirinus was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them can have a seat. Oh, the places Jesus, oh, the places Jesus goes. Like Mary, we are given the gift of Jesus, not to take him to our world, but to be taken to our Father's world. And in this Luke 2, we see these three scenes, an uncomfortable place, a place of undeniable pain, and a place of unimaginable possibilities. First, the uncomfortable place that we just read untimely, unacceptable. Mary is significantly with child. She's huge. Mary takes an 85-mile rugged, dangerous journey that she technically doesn't have to take. Most biblical commentators believe that only Joseph needed to go. But somehow she and Joseph together must have decided, no, we will take this journey. 
It's unacceptable. She arrives where there is no place for them to birth her firstborn son. Don't miss it, my sisters. This is not her fourth, fifth, or seventh where we do not care where we birth them. I, backyard is fine with me at that point. This is a first baby, the one that no one can touch unless they are completely doused and scrubbed in Purell, right? And firstborn, firstborn. A reminder that there is, this is Mary's first child. Notice it doesn't say Joseph's firstborn. It is a reminder that this is not only Mary's firstborn, but this is God's one and only son. Firstborn is a reference to the inheritance of a firstborn. The firstborn inherited all of the father's wealth and privileges. Here we have the inheritor of the world born into poverty obscurity, and rejection. Swaddling cloth, not symbolic for anything, just that's what you did. It was thought to make the bones firm and to provide emotional security. What we're told here is that Jesus is a real baby and Mary is a real mommy. Born in a place for animals. Mary puts her first baby among such sights, smells, and touches. She lays her firstborn in a feeding trough filled with animal slobber and leftover food. We're talking not just not clean, we're talking dirty. Then, to top it all off, smelly, unsanitary, distrusted, and despised class of men show up at the hospital to see her newborn. Shepherds. Imagine. To these uncomfortable places, Mary says yes. How does she say yes to God? She treasures. She ponders. She holds tight. She tries to hit upon the meaning. Why am I here? Where are you taking me? This is your world. Every circumstance is being weighed. It's being compared to all that has already taken place. To understand the places Jesus goes. Mary sees that God is fulfilling his promises exactly according to plan. Remember, she's a good Jewish girl who knows her ancient scriptures. This is fulfilling Micah 5.2, that the Savior would be born in Bethlehem. All is going according to plan, but it's not comfortable. But don't we see this in the history of God and his people? And in our own story, that pain is not always our enemy. And comfort is rarely our friend. We learn the most from pain and discomfort. The way God is fulfilling his promise is taking Mary to her father's world. Here in God's world, the powerless receive the most powerful information. And in a way that they could believe it. A way they could embrace it. First words to believe. Savior, Christ, Lord. A Messiah is born. It is a baby. And the baby is God himself. For these shepherds, us, peace with him, go. God has come into evil humanity to restore you fully. And in a way the shepherds can embrace, Jesus is not in a guarded palace that they would never be able to get into. No, he's in a manger. 
Mary didn't take Jesus to the world. Jesus brought Mary to his world. And in his world, outcast shepherds join angelic choruses. Amen. Everybody goes back to their lives changed. My sisters, God will ask us to do things that are untimely and unacceptable to get us out of our comfort zone. And sometimes he'll ask us to stay in something uncomfortable that we want out of. If we say yes to him, we will see the glory of God. We will be changed forever and likely those around us. Where is he leading you? Or where is he asking you to stay that is uncomfortable? 14 years ago, I was approached to go and teach and train women in the persecuted church across the world where Christianity is illegal, where Islam reigns and rules. It was untimely and it was unacceptable. My four kids were ages 16 to 7 and I was already fully busy what, doing what I thought was taking Jesus to the world. But after two years of praying, my Joseph, Jeff, said, go. We both regret that I didn't go sooner. Although it was incredibly uncomfortable, the weight of being asked to encourage and teach persecuted heroes of the faith was overwhelming. The sights, the smells, the fears were beyond anything I had ever experienced. But here I saw my father's world. I saw what God is doing to rescue Muslims, to bring peace to warring hearts. He is doing it with words and in ways they can embrace, visions, dreams, using what they have believed and uncovering the lie, specific ways. Oh, the stories I could tell you, we could fill days and days. But I, what I saw and continue to see is the glory of God in ways I have never seen before. Love and life colliding. But if I'm honest, going across the street is now sometimes harder than going across the world. Amen? Where am I now resisting going to the places he's asking me to go because they're uncomfortable? Where am I missing outcasts joining angels' choirs? Oh, the places Jesus goes. Here we find his glory in uncomfortable places and in places of undeniable pain. The second scene we see in Luke 2 is a place of undeniable pain for Mary. Luke 2.22 sets the stage. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they, Mary, and Joseph brought Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Time of purification. Jesus is likely six weeks old, we believe, at this time. Can you imagine the bond, the beauty? Her first time taking her little one out. A time of celebration. She's presenting her offering for her firstborn. There was an offering that was to be given for every firstborn male who opens the womb. To set them apart for God. And in that moment, as you saw this week, Simeon, a devout Righteous man, longing for the Messiah, is led by the Spirit right up to Mary and takes Jesus into his arms and says the most peculiar thing, now I can die. Can you imagine somebody taking your baby and saying, oh good, now I can die. Why? He goes on to say, for my eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared in the presence of all peoples. 
Mary, Jesus didn't just open your womb. He has opened the way of salvation to the nations. Not salvation for just one people, but for all who will believe. Jesus is the glory of Israel coming through Israel. He is the yes to every promise of God declaring who he is to the nations. He is the light piercing this present darkness, this world captive to sin and death. Simeon sees in Jesus the one who has come to make all things new, the one who will set everything right. Simeon can die in peace because peace is now possible. But Simeon's not done. Indeed, he goes on, this child is destined to cause the fall and rise of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed. And a sword will pierce your own soul, Mary, that the thoughts of many may be revealed. Oh, if Simeon could have just stopped before that. The road to promise, Mary. The road to God, fulfilling his promises and his yes and his amens and Jesus is filled with pain. Your baby is not safe. He will reveal the ruin, the destruction, the misery of the human heart. Some will humbly fall on their face and say, yes, that's me. I am a disaster. I am a mess. I am capable of all kinds of evil. Some will fall on their face and rise to eternal life. But most will oppose him. Rise up in opposition. Mary, peace that Jesus has come to bring is a sword that will divide. Untimely, unacceptable in this moment of celebration. What most will do to Jesus is going to break your mama's heart to pieces. But what's going to hurt the most? is what Jesus will have to do to pay for your sin, Mary. That will pierce your heart. Simeon is foreshadowing the cross. Of course, Mary's not aware of this yet. She doesn't really understand. She's just pondering, treasuring. But imagine your son needing to die to save others. Imagine your son needing to die to save you. That your sin is the reason he is being crucified. John Stott says, before we can begin to see the cross as something done for us, we have to see it as something done by us. To this undeniable pain, Mary says yes. Again, his father and his mother marvel at what has been said about him. Luke 2.33. Mary marvels at the unfolding of Jesus' mission. This means she's agreeing to it. She's agreeing to hold on to, to try to understand, to wonder, to admire, to be amazed at where his life is taking him and her. Jesus' ministry is going to bring hard choices for Mary, undeniable pain. But Mary is right at this very moment of deep truth, being reminded of what will be possible for all humanity is sweet old Anna walks up. And at that very hour, Luke 2.38, Anna began to give thanks to God and to speak of Jesus to all who are waiting for the redemption of Israel. Isn't this beautiful that the words of pain are surrounded by praise? A man and then a woman representing humanity, male and female, he created them in his image. 
One is ready to die in peace, Simeon, and one is ready to go charge in the cause of peace, Anna. Anna. The son that opened Mary's womb is God's son, opening heaven for the sin-sick. This world is wrecked by sin and suffering, like the persecution our brothers and sisters face around the world. You and I are born at war with God. We inherited the sin of our ancient mother and father, Adam and Eve, and we are born God's enemies. Our sin is destroying this world and the people in it. Even if it is not your specific sin, the sin, the evil in this world, is, is it, the seed is in each one of us. We are capable, given the right opportunities and the right circumstances, of committing the most heinous of evils. Does this pierce your heart? Jesus' birth penetrated the present darkness. He didn't have to. He penetrated this present darkness, this evil humanity with the promise of peace to fulfill God's ancient promise since the garden to set things right, to make things new, starting with you and me. Mary's beautiful celebration of her six-week-old baby is interrupted by this serious business of heaven. How about our new life in Christ? Are we interruptible? When we are in times of celebration and joy because of the goodness that we enjoy because of God, do we let that be interrupted by the serious business of heaven? I love the prayer of Francis Chan. God, interrupt whatever I am doing so that I can join you in what you are doing. In life celebrations, Thanksgiving's coming. Will we say yes to the pain that whoever is not for Jesus at that dining room table is against him? Will we live to declare peace? Will our hearts fall when Jesus is opposed? Will our hearts rise when he would people fall at his feet? Will we not give up? This very Thanksgiving, I will gather with, with those who my heart has been repeatedly broken over their opposition to Jesus. But this year my heart is rising. It is rejoicing because after decades, some are falling on Jesus right now. If we let Jesus take us to his Father's world, we will see his glory. Some will enter life. Others will enter death forever changed. Oh, the places he goes. This last scene, this uncomfortable places first, undeniable pain, and now the unimaginable possibilities, losing God. Luke 2, 41 to 48, follow along with me. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, they were returning. The boy just stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposed him to be in a group. They went a day's journey. But then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. 
And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us so? so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. Untimely? It's Passover, celebrating the coming Redeemer, and they lose the Redeemer. Imagine. Have you ever lost a child? I left Aubrey, my daughter that is severely disabled, at the bottom of the grapevine at a mini mart. I was traveling back from Disneyland with my children. Jeff was not with us because he does not like Disneyland. And we're traveling, we stop for a potty break, we get in the car, we are a couple miles down. This is back when there was nothing after the grapevine for like five miles. We're two miles down the road before I realize Aubrey is not in the car. She doesn't speak. I am scared. I am angry at Austin. I thought you had her. Mom, I thought you had her. Blaming is going on. The fear of not finding her. And the greater fear that the police found her first. <laughs> and how am I going to tell Jeff I lost his daughter? Imagine Mary losing Jesus. Clearly I'm the wrong mom. God. Three days to find him. Jesus, how could you do this to us? Because Mary is still learning what it means that Jesus is God's son. This is unacceptable. But God graciously gives Mary a glimpse as she comes upon Jesus at the temple. Jesus is amazing the religious leaders with his understanding of God's word at just 12 years of age. But still Mary is distressed even after what she sees over what Jesus had put Joseph and her through. And Jesus' response, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? Mom, you had every reason to know where I was and what I was doing. Connect the dots. Jesus' first words spoken in scripture revealed disappointment over what he, didn't, what he did being unacceptable. Disappointment that his mother doesn't see that he had to be about his father's business. Discussing his father's business. These are the places Jesus must go. To this unimaginable, Mary says yes. She again treasures up all these things in her heart. She ponders an upsetting possibility that being his mom means she doesn't get to control him. Mary doesn't get to take Jesus to her world where she wants to go or where she wants to stay. Saying yes is Jesus taking her to his world, to his father's business. And Mary will keep struggling. It's a process to understand the places Jesus goes, and so will we. But if Mary continues to say yes to letting Jesus take her to the Father's world, she will see the glory of God unfolding his promise of salvation in ways she could never comprehend or imagine. What about you and I? 
If we say no, we may avoid some uncomfortable and painful places for a time. Our attempts to control God, though, will bring distress. It will bring a sense that he's missing. Have you ever noticed that? That in the times that you're really trying to control God and control your circumstances, all of a sudden you feel like you can't find him? We will miss seeing God's glory. We will miss seeing the unimaginable possibilities. Will we say yes? More so than married, we have every reason to believe that even when life doesn't make sense, that if we let Jesus take us to his Father's world, we will see God's glory. For you and I have seen the places Jesus went that Mary does not yet know. That he went to the most uncomfortable place on Passover to Calvary. There he was surrounded not by animals, but criminals. There our king, whose cradle was a manger, now has a cross for a throne. A throne of undeniable pain, the piercing of his body, and worse yet, the piercing of his soul when he becomes sin for you and I, and he has to be forsaken by the Father. He became sin for all who trust in him. He went where we deserve to go. Jesus went in our place. As Tim Keller writes, the only darkness that could have destroyed us forever fell into his heart. After his death on the cross, once again he was wrapped in linen. Once again he was missing for three days. But raising him from the dead, God evidenced that he is not lost. He was about his father's business. Restoring you and me. As Colossians 1.20 puts it, he was reconciling to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And my sisters, because of the place Jesus went, we have every reason to believe he is where he promised he would be. He is at the right hand right now, reigning and ruling, setting all things right empowering you and me by his spirit to go where he asks us to go, places that are uncomfortable, to embrace undeniable pain, and to see unimaginable possibilities of love and life collide. Father, I pray now that as we go and we look at Luke 2 together in community and learn from one another that we will say yes to what you want to teach us from each other. That we will open our hearts to the places that Jesus wants to take us this very night. The truths that he wants to speak to us. For those of us who are, who are struggling with the places you're asking us to go, or the places you're asking us to stay in. Lord, will you give us, will you empower us by your spirit to believe that you are exactly where you said you would be. You are at the right hand of God, interceding for us right now, in love, desiring that your love collide into our lives for your glory and our joy. Amen.